What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Shift Across the Border. My name is Max. I'm with Chris. And today we have on, finally, <laughs> the big boss. <laughs> Probably been mentioned the most in any episode yet. And uh, in most person, most mentioned person in all of our episodes. And gonna drop some insightful shit today about college basketball. Or? Coach Hack. What's your middle name? William. Keith William, Keith William Hack. It's like for like speaking better and shit. No. <laughs> so why'd you say for the podcast? Bacon's not real and neither are now. No, bacon's not real because if you go to a grocery store, there's too much bacon. Up. Keep working, your time will come. It sounds like you're eating human bone. It's a mini. It sounds like you're eating hamster bone. It's a yeah, might be stupid, but country. is India in the Middle East? I don't think so. <laughs> is it? But before we get into the episode, make sure you guys subscribe to our um, YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at Shift Across the Border, and on TikTok at Shift Across the Border, and our, and our Instagram at SATB underscore Pod. Let's get into the video. So, Coach, where are you from? Um, so I'm from a small town called Hopewell Junction, uh, New York. Sounds like a Fortnite location. It's it's <laughs> in the middle of fucking nowhere. No, it's not like where Chris is from. Um, no pigs and sheep and cats. No, 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 no. It's not that bad. Uh, it's like an hour north of New York City. Um, so near like. Near like Albany? So, you area? know where Poughkeepsie? Nope. You ever hear Poughkeepsie, New York? So, if you nope. went to, or we go to Albany, it's like Sage and Harvard. Well, ma- mainly that Sage. Harvard's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Right? But Sage, um, Albany, so I'm about an hour, hour and 20 minutes south of that. Um, yeah, it's not, not as desolate as Chris, but it's. So, in that, like, kind of like middle of nowhere place, I mean, New York State's a, like a pr- very big basketball state, but how do you start? How do you get into basketball? Um, well, it probably started when my dad, he started coaching CYO, like, at a church. And we're not, we're not even Catholic. Like, we got grandfathered in because my dad knew somebody. Um, and my sister played. So I used to go to the gym when I was, like, two, three years old and watch Your older games. sister? Yeah, older sister. She's four years older than me. Did she ever go anywhere with basketball? No, no. She only, it was, like, probably until she was 12, I want to say, playing. And then she just kind of stopped. She's more of the arts um, type of person. So she does... You know, a lot of with graphic designs and stuff like that. Um, so maybe we could have some, use some. Yeah, no, she's help. she's really fu- she's really good at it. She actually designed the most recent flower we put out for the basketball camp. Um, but I was around the gym probably since I was two, three years old with my dad, and I don't know. I just I think CYO kind of started getting into basketball, and then from there it just kind of became an obsession. Like I would stay up. My, well, for me, when I was like six, seven years old, I would say with my dad watch games at like nine thirty at night, right? Um, the big boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, and then it was kind of crazy. When I was 10 or 11, my dad put a full-court basketball court in our backyard um, with two hoops. And that's when it just kind of really took off when I was 10, 11. Um, and I was I was a sicko. Like, I, my, my goal when, you know, we turned the—when was your birthday? When, did, when were you born? Yeah, uh, April seventh, seven three. Jesus fuck. Um, so back in nineteen ninety nine, the court was basically in, and I want to be the first person to make a new basket, a new millennium. So like, when every other kid's probably like staying up until midnight to do three, two, one, yeah, New Year. Like I was outside waiting. and I made I, I made a shot right as the clock hit. My mom counted it down, and we have it on camera where I just made a shot. So I claim I made the Keith first. Keith Hack is the first 
person to hit a shot <laughs> yeah. in the 21st century. 21st century. Just real shit. Um, no, so I think that's just kind of where it came from. And then I just kind of became obsessed with it. And it runs in my family. Like, I got cousins that played in college. Where'd they um, play? Well, my one cousin, that's the reason I came up here. Um, my cousin played here. At Medai. At Medai. Um, and my uncle coached here. And that's how I kind of knew about Medai. So the blue and blue and uh, yellow runs deeply in the hack family. Well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, my uncle was actually let go um, from here this summer as I was coming, be an incoming freshman. And I remember Coach McDonald, who took over the program because he just got let go from Canisius, called me up and was like, hey, I know you're coming to Medai. There's no promises that you're going to make the team or anything like that. I just want you to know as you're coming up. I was like, I was like, shit. I, I, was, I was like, um, fuck. Like, uh, I already you were originally going because you're my your cousin. cousin. So my uncle, I, like the whole goal, I said, like, I want to play basketball. My cousin was from Indiana. Um, my uncle, they grew up there in Indiana. My uncle coached at a school. It's, it was called Tri-State. It's now called Trine um, yeah. University in their Division Three now. Um, but that's the whole reason I came up here. Uh, it was basically to play basketball with him and, you know, kind of play for my uncle, which I never played with my uncle, but played with my cousin for a year so so what did your high school career look like my high school career so i know i've listened to the podcast obviously and everyone claims their high school was the best and basketball was the best our basketball wasn't that great mm-hmm. in the area i grew up in um we had some good teams like in our in new york state you have like uh sections uh like as far as we were section one and basketball like the league we were in wasn't great like Poughkeepsie um, was really good, but then when you got in the sectional tournament, you had to play like Mount Vernon or New Rochelle. Um, and I remember we were playing, you know, games against Ray Rice, the old football player for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, no, like it, and he was fucking nasty. Like he was really good. There's a kid Jeff McDermott who went to Providence. And then we uh, played against Mount Vernon too, and they had five or six kids go Division One um, from that team. But like my, I wasn't very good in high school. Like basketball wasn't even my best sport. I just loved it the most. What did you play? Huh? What did you play in high school? Like what was your uh, best soccer. Sport? Soccer was my better sport. Really? Um yeah, no, I, I was a goalie for soccer. Um had pretty good hands, um, which kinda got me recruited more for that. Where um, did you what did you where'd you get recruited to out of I had some low division one looks. Um I had schools like Siena, um, kinda sniffing around. I had schools like Maris, they were all interested, but I just I couldn't do it. Like I I like soccer. I didn't love it, yeah, right? Sure. Like, there's, we talked about that. There's a difference. No, for sure. Um, but I wasn't very good. I was also very fat when I was young. <laughs> yeah, no. you were mobile, probably. No, I was just fat. Because you're like now. I feel like I, as when you played, like you were bigger, like not like a bigger guy, but you were mobile as like. Yeah. Before. Well, it was crazy. So I remember sitting down with my dad. Um, it was I was in tenth grade, so I, I got cut from JV. I played on the freshman team. Then I played one year of JV, and I was still pretty fat. Um, and my dad sat me down before a varsity game, and we're watching like the first quarter. The game's going up and down. And my dad goes, "You think you can play?" And I was at this level. I was like, "Yeah." And he looked at me. He's like, "You can't if you weigh as much as you do now." And I was like, "Shit." <laughs> and that's when things kind of tur- turned. Um, and I actually went on. You, you laughed, but I went on the South Beach diet. Um, Which is... It's basically no carbs. Okay. You cut carbs completely. Keto. It, it, well, I mean, now there's different names for all that. Passover right? diet. I did that shit last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was tough. So I was actually probably five foot nine, five ten in my sophomore year, and then I was probably like two hundred and I don't know thirty thirty five pounds. So I, I was like a little meatball running around <laughs> on the court. Yeah, no, like it was it was wild. Um, but then I went on this diet and I lost about 40, 
to 45 pounds. And I also shot up to be about 6'2", 6'3", um, which kind of evened out things. But I remember, like, my friends were dickheads. Like, they would take pretzels and shit and throw it in the jello, like the non-sugar, non-jello I was eating. But um, And then my junior year, I, I came off the bench. I didn't even start, um, per se. And we actually won our league um, and got one of the better seatings in the section that year. And we lost a couple kids. And then my senior year, um, I took a pretty decent-sized jump. I started working with this this guy back home. was actually a shooting coach with the Dallas Mavericks for a little bit. Um, and we didn't even really work on shooting. We just worked on getting me in shape um, and doing a bunch of crazy shit there. And it actually paid out exponentially my senior year. And I had a pretty good senior year, but we weren't good as a team. Like, we were – we missed – we missed a sec. Well, we missed a sectional tournament because we lost our last game. So, like, I wouldn't even say my high school basketball experience was very good. But then you, did you have any other basketball looks out of high school? Um, not really. Honestly, I wasn't. Even, <coughs> I was very. I didn't play AU my junior year. Um, I really just focused on trying to get in shape and work on, you know, ball handling, shooting, everything else. I, I was like, I'm not. It doesn't matter if I'm not fit. Like, I'm not going to be able. to play at the next level. Is that the goal when you were going through high school? Like, that was like, I need to make college basketball? Um, yeah, I think I kind of decided that probably when my dad sat me down that day and asked me, like, do you want to play at this level? And like, yeah, I want to play at varsity. But then it kind of resonated. And we had, like, I have a pretty big family. My dad's one of ten. Um, so we have pretty big family reunions, or we used to, back in the summers. And all my cousins would come in. They were college athletes. I got cousins played Division One women's lacrosse. Um, two that played well, three that played college basketball. So it was more like I see them over the summer and, like, you want to do what they want to do and they're older cousins. So, like, you see that and it's cool. So they're kind of like, like yeah, I want, I wanted to play, but I was nowhere near fit to do that, per se. Um, and then it was just kind of from over then, it was like, all right, let's get myself in shape. But I, hadn't, I had no offers coming out. Um, even coming here, I wasn't promised anything. I just, I just came. <laughs> and obviously my grades weren't the best in high school, so, like, I also had to, didn't get into some schools I wanted to. So when you come here, and then, I mean, we all know that you ended up being you're on the Hall of Fame for, like, in, for, you're on the, like, the Hall of Fame in general for all sports, but you ended up, like, winning the conference, going deep in the tournament. So how do you make that jump from just, like, and you got, like, you had a large role as a freshman. So how do you go from, like, a player who's, like, just trying to get in shape, like, doesn't have any offers to, like, probably, like, 12 months later, you're starting on a college basketball team on a, like a successful program college basketball team where you guys are winning. And how, how do you make the, what do you do to make that jump? Um, well, you guys know how bad Madai was before I got here as a freshman, right? I, I do not. No, you talked about it with Coach Mack in the hallway. I don't exactly remember, but he did say that you were like, you only won like two games or something. So we we're, were four and 46 before my, the, uh, my freshman class got here. Oh, in like three years, three or four years. Two in two years or four and forty six. So they won. They went zero and twenty five, one year and then four and twenty one, right? So I actually remember like my my first year here, like people would, we were playing second, the women would play first. People would come to the women's games and then fucking leave as soon as we came out for warm ups. Were the women's team good at that point? No, they were elite. They were they were, I think they were nationally ranked. To be really? honest with you, yeah, they would steamroll teams left and right. Um, but I think the Kind of how it happened was, you know, you're like obsessive compulsive only about shooting and not guarding. Yeah. Well, I mean, now it's changing. Now I feel like I'm because <laughs> it has to. But <laughs> yeah, yes, it desperately has to. Like, and you're obsessive compulsive just about the weight room now, mm-hmm. right? Like, I was so obsessive compulsive about 
I didn't want anyone to ever outwork me in things I do. So like I would, like I when guys we'd have to do the same things I have you guys doing right. Like get up at six in the morning to lift or seven in the morning to lift. Like that's what that's what we were doing when I was here. But like my morning routine was come in, lift, run three miles on the treadmill as fast as I can. So it'd be like I'd finish in like eighteen forty five. So like I was running six fifteen mile clips, and then go shoot. 500 shots in the morning and then come back, do some individual stuff and then work just on playing. Like we just play as a group. Right. And I think what helped me was when coach Matt came in, he really valued like high IQ system guys. Like if you watched me in open gym, I wasn't a guy that was going to give you 20 or anything like that. Like I wasn't, you got like our gym right now is a lot more talented guys than maybe we had here. The difference was our team was so good systemly, like systematically that was easy for us to kind of, gel and i i still remember like i we had a kid james mcneil who's actually in the hall of fame too who was inducted in i don't know if it was this past year or a year ago i think it was a year ago um he was the three he was a starting three man and coach had me penciled in kind of behind him um in preseason and then we went to st john fisher to scrimmage and i had a really good scrimmage like i just i played really well and i remember in that Coming back from that, he brought me in the office later that night, and he was kind of like, we need to find time to get you on the court. And I was like, okay. He goes, how would you feel about moving to the, the kind of the four spot? I was like, coach, like, I'm fucking 6'2", <laughs> and I weighed probably a, a buck 85 at the time. Like I, wasn't, like, I wasn't strong enough in my mind to go play against college forwards, right? Um, but I was like, fuck it. Like, it's a chance for me to get on the court. Sure. So um, when that happened, it was just kind of – you know, I, I didn't score a lot my freshman year. Like, the only way I'd score is off offensive rebounds. Um, but I didn't really turn the rock over. And I was really keen on knowing everything in the offense. Um, but also, like, we had we had really good teammates here, man. Like, I, Chris Moscato, who I play with, who's our point guard, he started every game from freshman to senior year. Um, I started pretty much from freshman to senior year. Uh, Kelly Candelo and Mike Birkin, who transferred him from Fredonia. Like, they were key cogs. Um, I think the biggest thing with our team was we were all basketball junkies. Like, we all loved the fucking game. Like, we'd sit down and watch every NCAA tournament game, every NBA game. When we were bored in the fucking dorms, we'd create ourselves on uh, the NCAA video. Well, we didn't have fucking oh, 2K. Well, I mean, like, we had 2K, but it wasn't as old. popular. As, yeah, fucking old as shit, right? Um, <laughs> we didn't even have 2K. <laughs> no, like, we had it, but it wasn't as, like, popular as it is now. So, like, we'd create ourselves on March Madness and we'd fuck around playing video I games. I wish that game was still... Like like uh, NBA Live March Madness oh, or whatever. NBA Live is awesome, but like yeah. NCAA March Madness, we create ourselves and we play, we play all the time. So I think we were just and we like that first year we won eleven games. We were eleven and fourteen coming off of four and forty six the previous two years. Um, but people treated us like we were fucking really good. I was like we're eleven and fourteen. Like I guess it's better than what we were. Um, but then my sophomore year we kind of took off. We we're fifteen and thirteen. We made the conference tournament. We lost in the semifinals to. Lake Erie, who's now they went P2, division yeah. two, um, and they were good. They were they were filthy. And then my junior years were you know we were twenty one and seven. Like we we were start off rough. We were like six and six or something like that. And then we won like eight in a row. And we were twenty one and seven. We actually beat Pitt Bradford in the championship. And then my senior years when you know we returned everybody that was starting for basically three four years. And we were just we were just deep. Like we had a really deep team. So I, like. Part of my success was just because our team was so good. Like we literally had two starting groups, and it didn't yeah. it didn't matter. And then you guys end up you go to, so talk a little about the tournament run because you go to like that's 
What's what we want to talk what? about the first year when I lost your fucking high school coach. Shout out, Coach Kerbis. Yeah, there's. I want to hear some. Of, there's a shout out. I want to hear some of those stories because there's like when we we tried me and all of our teammates when we like when we found out that like I think the first time we found out that he was like good was when I was being recruited by you and we were having a conversation like you know like your coach was like an all American right and like he would always like. He would, he's never, like, you know how, like, we're stretching and you're always, like, shooting around in practice and, like, he plays Zymer in a one-on-one and, like, with no, or beat Joe with no dribbles. Like, you're always just, like, Poor fucking Joe. around. <laughs> but, like, he is, gets roasted, he is, <laughs> he is so serious. He would never, he would never shoot the ball. Like, he Coach Kerbis would never shoot the ball. He would never shoot the ball. After practice, he would be, make sure every single ball is in the kit. He would never even shoot a form shot while we're, while we're stretching. Like, never. He was just so business. Dude, he's... So I, I, I've their never, team like, was fucking loaded. Yeah, I remember. Um, so we got there my first year. Like we were twenty-one-seven. Like Madai was traditionally one of the worst programs in Division Three. So like we got a very, very low seed. And I remember, like I don't know any better. Like I'm just showing up every day, practice whatever. And this is your junior. This is my junior year, and I, I remember I was having one of those practices where I just like I don't know. I just wasn't fully engaged. And Coach Mack just fucking yelled at me he goes Keith you know we play the fucking number two team in the country on Friday night and I was like yeah like whatever <laughs> I, I know they're really good and I remember going out there and, and we're watching film and this dude is just running off fucking screens and he, just, was sh- he was like, like dude, he was so good they also played like uh, a platoon system so they'd so oh, yeah, I know five that. guys I know in that. five guys yeah. out and it was like every two and a half minutes they'd just throw waves and they press the entire game um, but he was he was exceptional man like he he knew how to really play and like he wasn't super quick but he can get you to spots and you're just it, I'm you were trying dead. to think because one of our assistant coaches one year was also one of his teammates he's a lefty I, his name is blanking I don't know how I'm forgetting he was, didn't spend that much time he didn't spend that much time around us he didn't spend <laughs> Clearly. that much time around us but I forget his name, I remember his name he was a lefty I also, don't know I don't know man like that whole team though they were so good and we we had a really close game like we were down 15-16 a lot of the game but we kept making these runs I, I remember I had a pedestrian first half. Like I was terrible. I had two points. I wasn't really like aggressive in the first half, and I came in and got one of the. I got yelled at pretty good about like you know you're supposed to be our guy. Like let's wake up, and had twenty, twenty three or something like that in the second half. Um, and, and we played really tough, and it came down to it was like ninety four to eighty nine. I want to say. And we come down, and Chris passes to Joe McGavro, who's friends with Coach Long. And Joe went up for a layup, and the kid, like, slid underneath. He makes a layup, but the ref ended up calling a charge. And there was no, like, charge arc back then. So, like, it was more just refs were just yeah, it was like more an opinionated call. And that kind of changed the momentum because after that they came down. I think they went and hit a three, which basically put the nail in the coffin for us. Um, but I remember right after that game, Coach Matt goes, I want to schedule them again. Because he knows we had everyone returning, Rudy, and like a lot of their team returned. So I was like, "Is he? Let's do he it." Goes to the same age? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I, I think he's thirty. He's got to be thirty-five because we played against something them like my that. senior year. Something like that, yeah. Um, and then we went back my senior year, and we were undefeated. They were, st- I think, they were number two in the country. We were, we were nine and zero or something like that. We weren't ranked. We weren't even getting votes. And then we went to John Carroll. Um, and this is crazy too. So. When I went home for Christmas break, we were playing them like December 30th, I want to say. Uh, I think it was December 30th. And I went home for Christmas break, and my grandmother wasn't doing too well in the hospital. Um, and I remember driving back the 26th the next morning because we had practice later that night. 
And I get a call from my dad. I'm basically at Rochester, so I'm an hour away from Buffalo because it's like a five and a half hour trip, right? So I'm coming back. I get a call from my, my dad saying that my grandmother just passed away in the hospital. So I come up, practice, get through practice. I literally hop on a flight to go back to my parents' house. Um, and my grandma's funeral was the day of our game. So, like, I didn't know if I was going to make the game or whatnot, but my dad was also, you know, fully invested. Like, his mo- he's like, my mom would want you to do what makes you happy. So we actually, after a funeral, went to New York City, hopped on a flight, flew from New York to Cleveland, and then played the game. And it was it was crazy. We ended up winning ninety two to ninety one. It's a high scoring game as well. I mean, that's that's we we played high like <laughs> it was a lot different than your fucking freshman year. We we scored a lot of points, um, but they did too, and we ended up winning at their place. So we went from not being like getting votes to being ranked to jumping to like number fifteen or something like that in the country, um, and we won our first like fifteen or sixteen games. Like, we started off like sixteen. Who'd you guys lose to uh, during that season? Yeah, like your first loss. Our first loss was Pitt Bradford. At Pitt Bradford. No, like, it was at Pitt Bradford. Like, we were much better, but they had a freshman. Like, we didn't play well. Like, it was just one of those games. We didn't play very well. And they had a freshman that actually fucking hit a shot, basically, at the buzzer to to beat us. Um, And we actually lost twice then that year. We got blown out by them on my senior night. That's the fucking worst. Dude, it sucked. We got blown out. At home? At that's what I'm saying. Senior night. It was at Bradford. No, so it was like we literally lost. Like we just got there was like five or six of us that are graduating, and we just were so uptight. We didn't play very well. Um, got blown out, and then we had to play them again in the championship. And we were up like 25 in the championship at halftime. Got it back in blood. Oh man, I just yeah, it was got it back in blood. <laughs> the game that mattered the most. So, so then what's it like? Kind of just like because you were inducted to the Hall of Fame not too long ago. But what's that feeling like of you come in? Not know, not having anything promised to you, and you make a have an unbelievable career, and what, like that, like the nail in the coffin, just like the culmination of everything, is getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. Were you coaching at the time when you were inducted to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, so it was actually the career thing. Like I said, like that's just right place, right time with really good teammates, and working as hard as you can to like we all have goals. You all have goals and what you want, um, whether it be basketball or anything else. Like my goals were very specific to team but also my own stuff like I wanted to be an efficient player right um but that was like a culmination of just being part of something that was really good so like when I got they started the Hall of Fame like I don't know three four years ago maybe four years ago oh it's a recent thing yeah it wasn't it wasn't too recent so we didn't have it and the first Hall of Fame class went in I was like oh that's pretty cool that they're doing this now like it, it makes sense there's been some really good athletes to come through here um and it was my first year, so I got hired in 2019. It was like October. I get called up to, um, at the time, Susan Rourke was the AD before she left this year. And I thought I was in trouble. Like I thought I fucking did something wrong. Because like, I'm like, this is out of the blue. She's like, come on up. And she told me I was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in February. And it was like kind of a full circle moment. Yeah, I want to say, because sure. it's like, one, two championships here at my alma mater. Where your now, uncle, co- now coaching. And, yeah, where your family also had history here. Yeah, like well, there's just a, there's a ton. Like I met my wife here. Like so, like a, a full circle moment just kind of came in that, like the emotions of it just kind of ran through. Like it was a, it was a really cool surreal moment to have that like happen here while I was here, not somewhere else. So, so I was gonna ask after your college career is over, you've gotten a hall of fame and all this stuff. How do you decide to become a coach? Like was that the first thing as soon as you got out of here? Like I'm gonna coach, or did other things happen before that? When I first came here, like I think I wanted to work somewhere within 
like uh, get try to get your foot in the door of like a professional basketball franchise, right? And maybe one day, like when I was young, I was like, oh, maybe try to go like a end goal GM route of a team. Like I think it'd be really cool to be a person that's like signing players and putting teams That'd together, sick, and yeah. shit like that. Like that 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 would be really cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I got out, like I I went down to South Carolina to do this like uh, overseas tryout thing. And it went pretty well. I had some some opportunities, but then when I broke my ankle for the third third time, I want to say it was, I was like, "Fuck it!" Like it's just it's just like I'm just fighting against time. Like, it, and then in that first year, so I, a guy that worked uh, here as an assistant back in 2009, Billy Beeline. So he's the nephew of John Beeline, who coached at Michigan, uh, West Virginia, also with the Cavs for a year. Um, he offered me a spot coming out of college like I was like all right cool like coaching Juco like let's let's fucking do it um and that first year like I just really enjoyed it really liked it second year loved it again so just kind of like I kind of knew I wanted to get into coaching which which you called it again uh Niagara County Community College like they're like they're insane now like they they were I think they went to the Elite Eight this year. For I've heard about. Nationals. I've heard. We've heard a bunch of dudes talk about that, like the local. Yeah, like, and it's the nickname's End Trip, right? Like they were just. It was different when I was there, but now they have just like fucking dudes roaming the hallway that are just like like look like mutants. <laughs> um, and that's what kind of when I got into coaching. So like, I kind of knew I always wanted to be involved in sports and basketball. That was always like my mom would always give me shit. She'd always be like, "You don't really care about doing anything else unless it's basketball. And then you get your full hundred percent attention." And I was like, "I've heard that." A fucking million times. <laughs> a million fucking times. Yeah, I mean, that, they, like, that's what it was. So when I started doing it, and even when, like, when I was here, my experience here with Coach Mack and seeing how he like ran a program, I thought it was really cool. And like, just I feel like I would have missed that team aspect if I wasn't involved in sports in some capacity. But then I just kept getting entrenched in it more and more. And you learn so many different sides to coaching because people just think it's like show up, practice, leave. Like, it's the farthest fucking thing from the truth. Um, half the time, you're playing more psychologist to Max. <laughs> <laughs> or shout out Trevor Young <laughs> than anything else. But, like, that's that's kind of what I got into. it. So I did two years at N-Trip. Then I did – I want to get back into the four-year side of things. Um, I did two years at SUNY New Paltz, um, which is closer to back where I grew up. Five years down at Ursinus in Philadelphia. And then this job opened up. Who – no, it was Coach Long that said he was born in Philadelphia. Eagles okay. fan. Eagles fan. So, we've heard a little bit about, like, you had a stint in some sort of military thing. That is not fucking true. Really? At a call. No. No. So that picture of you with the rifles and being jacked and all that stuff. What is no, the rifles. There's a gun in there, I swear, or something. No you never had any stint in the Navy, military, nothing like that? No, I'm obsessed with, like, the military training aspect things but i've never been in the military damn that well, rumor is that ruin- totally fuck i thought uh, that, that we ruin- had a whole like few questions about, i could like, say like yeah i was a frontline marine <laughs> <laughs> i thought you had like you were fucking just like went to the navy or some shit for a little I bit swore, i swear like, someone everybody was talking about that someone said that before no my I've, I've had family members serve um not me though. I, I'm not mm. cut out for that front line. <laughs> That's not me. Um, no, I'm sorry to kind of kill the names there. I was looking for a story there. Where did oh, that, that start? Is that you? Did you start that? No, I don't. I swear, I saw a picture of you like jacked, and then a you posted of, something for someone's birthday on Instagram with like looking like it was some birthday? sort of recently. Oh no, my buddy just got the head coaching job. 
at Goucher. Yeah, but it would look like it was like your boy from fucking Barracks 214. <laughs> your bunk mate or some shit. <laughs> no, that's uh, farthest from the truth. Never was in the military. Oh, was that question line? So, what was the can... next question to that? Uh, it was just a fucking few. from the military. <laughs> <laughs> How do you take that and fucking turn it into some basketball? basketball? <laughs> I will scrap that fucking segment. All right. So... How is so you go from being a, a really high level player and a really high level player around a high level program for a few years and then you go into be a coach and how does your perspective of the game change now that you, I mean you said you were accept, obsessive compulsive about the work and all that but now that kind of stops in the sense of like the physical training and getting better so how do you how how do you make that transition in order to be a, a coach and how does your perspective of the game change Um well I think when you're obsessive compulsive about training for being a player you're generally worried about yourself. Um, and that's the hardest thing to kind of teach everyone else is like when now you're coaching, it's not just worried about Chris and Max. It's worried about one through 20 and getting them on the same level and kind of teaching them like what is expected in college basketball because people have this misconception that Division three basketball isn't like, oh, for sure. either like it's a fallback option or some shit. That's the farthest thing from the truth, as you guys for know. Sure, sure. Like this year, there's a different time commitment. There's a different— 100%. Yeah, it's like what, what's expected, right? So I think when you're coaching, I think the biggest thing is it ain't just about you or anyone else. It's like now you're not just leading the guys that you have on the roster, your assistant coaches, your manager, how you represent yourself in, in public or to the school, um, and really just looking out for everybody and trying to get them to understand, like, no, this is what it's— like here, this is what you have to do, and try to teach them things I learned or things I did throughout my career here, I guess. And I think the biggest thing I try to possess in you guys, or, you know, kind of how to work at a college rate. Like, nothing drives me more fucking nuts when I see people in the weight room. Like, this probably is one of your things, since you're obsessed in the weight room now, but, like, people coming in, like, Crocs or... Or slides. I just say when people come in and they go to like one machine and like the girls come in and they go on their phone and they just do this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell them about your uh, tell them about your Smith tell them about your Smith machine, buddy. We don't have to drop. I mean, I don't even know his name. Smith machine, buddy. He goes to Smith machine, does one set. Oh my god! I'm going on. This is Chris. This is Chris's arch arch nemesis. Oh, Other than the girl that he met last week. This guy, bro. I, <laughs> I need to, I I need to hear both. This. I don't want him to hear this because like I don't actually hate him, but he's okay. I might hate him a little bit, but don't, <laughs> just don't name drop. Okay, we don't even know his name. I'll go on. Even better. I'll go. I don't even know his name. I'll go in on leg day and I'll hit squats and then I'll go to the uh, Smith machine and I'll do like hack squats basically because you yeah. get your angle on regular squats doing that. And the one day I came in and I was doing squats and I went, I tried to go right to the Smith machine but there was a kid on it and he's doing calf raises and he'll do like one set of calf raises and he's on the phone on Instagram. He spent 35 minutes there after doing one set of calf raises. I wanted to smoke the kid in the jaw. <laughs> And then the next time I came in, I was doing... I was and Chris is so non-confrontational, he would not say anything. He, oh, would, I know. he wouldn't be like, yo, can I work in with you? Or like, hey, how much longer, how many more sets do you have? He'll just wait the, the 35 minutes. I come in there, I'm hitting chest, and I like to go from uh, flat dumbbell bench press to incline, and I like to go back to flies to finish it off. But there's only one set of flat, like things I can do it on the cables. So he's on there doing his thing, and he's doing the same thing. He's like talking to his girlfriend, doing whatever. So I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm going to go over and I'm going to try and do decline um, dumbbell stuff on like the ab thing. So I grabbed 45s and I went to go do it. I locked my feet in and I did my rep, my set. And then I 
kind of unhooked my feet and I just slid down the thing and I verbally went, oh shit, we're going down. And I just <laughs> threw the dumbbells and my headphones came off and then I hit my fucking tailbone on the bottom of the thing and I just hate that guy's like existence now because he kind of like, it, I would have not had to do that if he just got off the machine. So yeah, I don't like him as a human being. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. Personal fucking vendetta right there. <laughs> Chris is arch enemy. Yeah, that shit, just, that shit just bothers me. Other than Ryan Murphy, who Chris and they always like go back and forth. Like you're small. I can't bench my Yo, body. We need to we need to talk about Ryan Murphy wearing the shortest shorts known to fuck. Shorter than my shorts. I mean, you you have like little chicken legs. <laughs> you're like chicken little running around out there. <laughs> that's how I can. That's how I bounce. All this, you bounce. I could dunk at six one. It's Con- so considered of like in general to the grand scheme of things. Cool. What do I say? What do I say? If Jaquan could dunk at five ten, he could. I never. Like, I know he could dunk, but like, was he, he said, really he dunking he like before he got hurt? Oh, Quan's a freak. Really? Yeah, he would do some shit. Just like wow, it's like when do you, do you guys remember Kirk when we had the alumni game? Yeah, do, uh, do little fucking. He was, like, he was like, yeah, but he's from Maryland, so he's the best player. Throwing. He was the best player my people. first year here. He he tore his Achilles like halfway through the season. He would do shit and like he would turn like drop step. Dunk at five, dude. He's generously five nine, <laughs> like generously. That's crazy, dude. It was insane. Like that. Talk about bounce. Like he was, a, he was a, probably the freakiest athlete ever coached. Quan's up there. Quan, Quan, Quan could really jump like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, like, you never really like. I you'll see it next year really. when he comes back. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had to guard him at the beginning open gym, and that was hell. But being G- like, give me your give me your best you guarding Quan story. I'd love to hear this. Oh, I mean, like there was the first day. There's this, I can just give you my first open gym story. Like I <laughs> coming out of a t- town of 300 people, and I came up here, and we just started hooping. And first possession. Quan's the first black person he's ever had to guard. That's <laughs> not true. <laughs> but I had to guard him, and he came down, and he hit me with that weird ass like Tim Hardaway half spin that he does, and I was like, yeah, step back at the free throw line. He's at the three point line. He drilled. At my face, and he doesn't really talk shit like that. But it was like five possessions in a row, and then Demo's on the sideline going, "Who's gonna guard that guy? Who's gonna guard that guy?" And I'm just, I, I know anybody, so they'll just talking <laughs> shit in the sidelines. And then Colby came down on a fast break and hit me with an in and out. And then it was definitely an offensive. So I'm gonna stand by this, but he hit me, <laughs> put me under the rim, and then he just laid it like he normally does. And then he took the ball, shoved it in my chest, and said, "I should have boomed your little ass." So I'm just getting, and then you hit, went, I like, I'm just getting. Col- Colby said that. Yes, and I'm just getting switched on to people and getting. Cooked left and right, and I have no idea what's going on, and that's just that definitely was a shell shock off rip. Like, this is college basketball. <laughs> well, welcome, welcome. <laughs> yeah, like, you've arrived. Yeah, that was that was different. What, Colby never fucking dunks, dude. Ever. No, it was just above the rim. He, I, so I, I, he was in the office the other day, and I was like, "You set the bar so high for me because that first day when he dunked on fucking James, I don't know. I wasn't. I didn't even. I was at no, home. I, was I turned think. around, bro. I didn't even see it happen, dude. When he dunked that ball because we're doing uh, Sparty, Sparty, Sparty yeah. layups, right? And he comes down. What was the setting of that? It was like it was it was, was like to top and left, top so, and right. So they were. He was coming from like the wing. I want to say like so it was wing both wing, wing spots. Okay. And he hit him with a bounce pass. He goes up for James. Just gets baptized. I've never well, seen. It was probably like a, like the, he brought it back. Like it was. I wish it was on film. I wish I was filming that segment of practice. I was like, oh, like I, I was became a fan. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like James just got dun- our six ten kid just got dunked on. <laughs> like that's not great. But then he never dunked again. Yeah. It's always literally right. never. It's just lay it in. <laughs> he's literally 24. never. Yeah, his knees can't handle us. No, he's got. He got to preserve him for sure. For sure. For sure. You talked about pet peeves in the in the gym, and I want to kind of get into. Uh, oh, this is gonna be hilarious. What are your pet peeves as a coach? Things that just you just irk you when you see a player do them. Because I know there's probably a lot. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna turn that to you guys before I get into my answers. What do you think are a couple things that bother me? When well, we pl- talked well, to Coach Long last night, and he said one is obviously effort because that's like the one thing you can control 100 percent of the time. So I'm assuming effort and attitude are probably the first two. 
So if that kid just blocks a days goal and he doesn't give a shit, that's probably like. I yeah, mean, I, mean, I know for you, it's when a player's not in shape. Oh, fucking just or an maybe not a player, but an athlete in general. So yeah, like you're a college athlete. Like there's a certain level of expectations, right? So like. Again, I was obsessive about being. I wasn't a strong kid probably until I became a junior. I could start, you know, moving some weight around because I didn't take the weight room as serious until that. Junior in college. In college, yeah. Like Coach Max sat me down. He's like, "You're just gonna keep getting your ass bumped around as a freshman." I was like, yeah, whatever. Sophomore year, didn't really do much of anything. Then I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I was averaging twelve a game as a sophomore, so like I was starting to get better defensive coverage. I mean, I knew like I need to get stronger. So then it kind of progressed. But like I was always obsessed about being in shape. Like I was. Never got out of shape, was always in shape. So, like, when I see college athletes on not just our team, any team here, I'm just like, the fuck are we doing here? Like, there, there's a standard, yeah. right? I don't. I feel like there's, like, some specific references we can make, but, like, I don't want to. No, we're not, throwing, we're not, we're not, we're not <laughs> I don't know their names. But like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Like, fucking Zymir. <laughs> <laughs> like, when, when Zy came in and he was, like, 250 at 6'4", I was like, Oh boy, like, <laughs> we we gotta we gotta work, Bryce. <laughs> like uh, man, we got we gotta we gotta work here. And to, to his credit, like Zai dropped 20, 25 pounds or whatever it was. And like now he looks a lot better and he's sure. starting to. And he got a haircut. He, he, <laughs> that haircut, you know, he, for a while when I first saw him, I thought he was like Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> but I think the being in shape things, I think that's like easily controllable. Mm-hmm. Like if that bothers me, obviously the attitudes. Bother me, and I think what the biggest thing I think that really changed me is like during COVID, because like basketball was taken away from everybody, right? Like we we couldn't do anything really during COVID, um, so everyone's like, oh, I just want to hoop, I just want to play basketball, I want to do this and that. COVID's over. Now you're not getting the fucking gym. Yeah, but also like, like I just want to hoop. Like, dude, I was hooping every single day of COVID, like by myself. Maybe it wasn't like, but I was finally going to the fucking park. Well, that's because literally you would. Malfunction fucking, like a dude, robot, you are. I would go to fucking, I would go to the you didn't work on the dorsi flex of the elbow or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, also, like the, the thing I struggle with as a coach is when you guys can't fucking remember plays. Yeah, yeah. Now, I have yeah, a story about one of your probably pet peeves. I have two examples of like that, that effort thing. So, one time, like we were just doing three ball, two man, and I think like I let the ball drop. But I th- and I think you just want like because everybody was like just not not fucking around, but just like not. Not, like, putting in the necessary intensity to, like, maybe get better from the drill as opposed to just, like, kind of, like, using it as, like, a break in between two different segments of practice. And I think you saw me, the ball, like, hit the floor. And then I, or maybe it was, like, a long rebound and I was, like, j- like jog to go get it. And I told, like, I'm going to be with Jeff, like, Jeff, go get the next one. And I, whatever. I fucking stopped the whole thing. And then it was, like, you guys aren't going to take this fucking seriously. Then we're never going to fucking do this again. <laughs> and another time is, so a bunch of us, like, were... I think we probably didn't say 10 on the shot clock. So we sent us to run. So we're jogging. We're jogging there back for like 10 minutes on the side. And then I get subbed on right away. And then I turn the ball over. But I'm still jo- like, I just came from jogging at a, like, a pace. And so I don't run after the fucking, because I was still moving at the same pace I was for the last 10 minutes. And then I got sent off. Because like, if you're not going to, you can turn the ball over. You better fucking run and get like, get back in front or something like that. Yeah, honestly, God, though, but that's like how it was. No, when I, like when I was here. It's also like very got, rightfully, I, rightfully so. Like, like we got yelled at for anything we didn't. Like oh, of I could tell you, there's some stories, man. Like I want to hear some stories because I feel like Co- Coach Mac, when we played Damon, yeah, he at least to us he seemed a lot more like lax, but he's also like way older. Well, now. He, I mean, I mean, we won't watch think it, Like he got so Coach was let go from Canisius, and like I think it was pretty wrongfully why he was let go. Like there's some some of his dudes got injured, so like that didn't result. And like he was there for nine years and 
unfortunately, like if you don't win in Division One, they just they, they, they move on, right? It's a business, and it, Kenesha is a hard job to win at in for general. Sure, like it's, sure. it's not funded like the rest of the programs in that league. Um, so when he came here, I think he was trying to prove like I'm a really good coach, and now he's you know he's in his mid fifties, so like. I'm hoping at in my mid fifties I won't be having a fucking aneurysm for a freshman <laughs> turning the ball over, um, or fucking not knowing what team they're on when we do a drill. <laughs> we talked about that uh, a bunch of times. But but so we, we were doing this drill. You know that seven and seven layup drill we do, where it's like you go off one foot twice, yeah. then two yeah, feet yeah, twice, yeah, yeah, yeah. reverse, pull through, pull, all that stuff. Um, I remember we just got our asses handed to us by Lake Erie, and we just got the ball ripped from us constantly. So we're doing that drill for like warm ups and practice. And he, he's Coach Max being the guy up top. So when you rip through, he's swiping at the ball, right? And we had one kid get ripped, and we're like, oh shit, no one else better get ripped because like that's gonna stop the drill. Like we're just gonna be on the line. Fucking next kid comes up, gets ripped by Coach Mac. I'm like, oh shit, he hasn't stopped it yet. Next person up, f- fucking strips the ball. I'm like, oh boy, here it comes. And next thing you know. He blows his whistle. He goes, <laughs> he goes, guys, I don't fucking get it with you. You're all so soft. My knee hurts. My back hurts. My dick hurts. <laughs> and, and he's just going off on us on how soft we were. And and the ball, like somehow a ball like went up on the track because he's like maybe slammed a ball or something like that. I don't remember how it got up there, but our manager at this time, this guy, Ed Brown, was at the scorer's table. And at the time, so like, you know, I'm die, like uh, the training room's Outside the gym now. At the time, it was above on the track. Really? So there was like a staircase that that went up there to go to the training room upstairs. Fucking Ed goes to run up the stairs to go get the basketball. Flips the whole fucking scores table over. The scores table. It's just complete pandemonium. In I can imagine Queasy doing that. <laughs> you cry. It was. It was so and then it was like also my my junior year. We were out at uh, Geneseo. We played Geneseo at a game. Um, we played like two teams in Rochester, so we stayed overnight one for whatever reason. We were overnight, and me and my roommate at the time was a kid, Ben Cop, who actually played at Houghton. So Houghton was at NAI Division II school at the time. Okay. So he was on scholarship. He transferred to Madai because they weren't, I don't think they were very good, um, or they were like middling 500, but he wanted to play and like on a good team. So he came, and we were roommates along with uh, my actual roommate, Kevin Borden, and we're in the room just like, you know, fucking around essentially. And we get this knock on the door. And the, the like the thumb hole was covered on the door, and we're like, ah, oh, it's probably one of the guys. So we open the door, and one of, and and Ben goes, "What the fuck do you want?" It was Coach Mac, just screwing with us, standing right there. Dude, if I got a knock on my door at like at night, me, Joe, Chris, whatever fucking around, and it's you, I would have a fucking heart attack. Yeah, it's a stupid shit that he said. Oh, oh, like, Joe, Joe already has no filter. Like, around me, he says the dumbest thing like, ever. Oscar, like. Someone like Oscar would like like even it was two days ago yesterday Oscar would come and cover the people and knock on the door and Joe without even knowing who it is open the door you spray him with water and close the door. Dude, Joe's the biggest menace in the dorms. Like every time he goes by Oscar and Tay's room, he has to ding the thing just in like case. he uses his key card yeah, and pretends like he's somebody ding, just in case Shy and him were getting it, and then it'll make them stop and wait. But everything just torments them. The one time he did it, he was just about to do it and Oscar opened the door. He went ah and you sprayed him on accident. And he said, run, and we just ran away, and Oscar was just standing there wet for no reason. <laughs> no privacy. Yeah, oh, my man, wild. my man, oh. And then I think the one of the funnier ones is my freshman year, we went to Florida for a, a tournament. Like, it was already pre-scheduled, so it was my first year. So Coach Mack takes us all down to Florida, 
and it was like that last night we were there or something like that. We we went out. He's like, all right, curfew's back at like twelve or twelve fifteen or something like that. So, I mean, this is probably gonna, you don't you have to cut, cut it. You don't have to cut this, but it was pretty fucking funny. Um, so we decided to go to this place called Club Topic. It was a strip club, and we had like a dude named Billy McCormick who was probably like on the same wavelength as Jeff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like and shout out Jeff because I know he gets shout out every time on this pod. Every show I'm on, uh, he does. So we're at this the strip club and this kid Billy McCormick and we had this kid Dennis Milford who's you guys might have met. He came to. Maybe he didn't. He came to Rochester game, um, but Dennis like loves strip clubs more than you love shooting jump shots, and that's pretty. That's pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, like it's a lot of love. So I remember we got this call from our assistant coaches at the time. So it was Gabe, um, who's now the head coach at St. Joe's, Chris Moore, who's actually a Secret Service in the White House, that's and then um, Todd Kane who was an admissions guy but also helped his coach here, and he played here. And I get a call from Gabe, essentially, saying, like, hey, Coach Max said 1130. You guys aren't at the hotel. He's pissed, and now he's coming out looking for you guys. And I'm like, good luck finding us because it's not like you have location. Like, we had flip phones. Like, we didn't have iPhones or locations or anything like that. So we're trying to gather. All of us are at this club topic place, and we're trying to gather one and get home, right, or back to the hotel, we're all outside. We're doing a head count to make sure we have everybody. Like, where's fucking, where where, fuck where's, Dennis? where's Dennis? <laughs> Where the <laughs> fucking Dennis? <laughs> so I forgot who went back inside to find him, but he was in the back getting a lap dance from some stripper. And we kid busted open the door. He's like, Dennis, we got to go. Like, Coach Max trying to find us. So we get outside. We're like, all right, we have to get back in like 10, 15 minutes. So we got to run like a mile and a half. So it was about to start. Like, we had rented like two big ass Suburbans to take us places. Gabe pulls up in it and goes, Coach Mack, what do you think of this? Rolls down the back window. It was fucking Chris Moore, our other assistant. They were just fucking with us the whole time. And he's like, no, it really is 12.15. We just wanted to fuck with you guys. So now we're like, he goes, you have, you know, 15 minutes to get back. So we're like, all right, like, let's sprint back so we don't break curfew. We have one kid who has the most explosive diarrhea problem right now going on. So he's stopping at hotels on the way home, shitting constantly. <sighs> so we end up getting everyone back into the hotel and, like, we were fine. Like, we never really... Like nothing ever came of it, but Eastern Connecticut State was down there too, and what level is that? They're Division Three, so they they're just uh, in the New England area, and they broke curfew. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we're going out on our balconies. <laughs> Those fuckers are out on the beach running sprints for like <laughs> forty five <laughs> minutes at like <laughs> one in the morning. It was so funny, man. But like, co- coach, like he turned the program around, and like he he was very strict on how we were doing things the first year or two. But then when we became juniors and seniors, it kind of like just it was easy kind of ran itself so kind of going more to like the basketball side and like the coaching side so like what are your future goals maybe with coaching outside of coaching and then maybe just for the program in general the Badai program in general um well coaching I, I want to stay at this level like I don't have any aspirations of going higher or anything like that when I first got out I almost had an opportunity to go to Northwestern um but it never panned out uh, which is fine like I don't regret the path I had taken to get here um, but coaching, I, I, I can't see myself getting out of this level, and I also want to probably do this until I die or get fired, one or the other. Um, but that's that's the goal. Like I don't, I don't, I can't see myself doing anything else. Like, I, I knew I wasn't made to sit at a, a desk for eight to five or nine to five. Like that's just not me. I can't do that. And I like the interactions I have with 
you guys daily and it keeps me kind of young and and like you guys are funny like you guys are a really good group to be around um we had a lot of personalities so many and but that's what the cool part like look at our locker room man like we have we have dudes from like oscar from germany getting along with Quan when Quan's not petty or they're not fighting over something incredibly stupid but like from texas like i think that's really cool or we got two canadians starting up their own podcast yeah and it's like it's really cool to see those types of things so i think i can't see myself ever deviating from this level like i would love to stay and like goal wise like i want to like i've told some of you guys is like my goal is for the programs not to be one of the better teams in the league like i want to be one of the better teams in the region like i I want to get further than what we did my senior year where we were a point away from the Sweet 16. And I think that's, like, the driving force is to make sure – like, I want to surround myself with kids I can lose with because I think that's important, but also kids that want to work their ass off and do things the right way. And I think that's what drives me in the coaching thing is, like, all right, like, let's see how good we can get this program because there's a blueprint, but now it's like, all right, can we, can we keep working to get those spots? I have to kind of answer this question I was going to ask is like, what would you do if basketball was taken away from you? Honestly, I, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know what I would do. It would have to be something in the sports world. Um, I always joke with my buddies. Um, we have a group chat, so like three guys that were one's a coach at FDU Florham. Um, one was an assistant this past year at Muhlenberg, but he should have a head job. And then this other, my other buddy coached at Kenyon before he got out. But like, they're all really good coaches. They should have been. You know, the other two definitely should have got a head coaching job. It's just so political on how you get jobs. Sure, yeah. um, we always joke that if we got out of coaching, we're going to start our own bar. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, my bar would be called Hacker's Pub. Um, and you know, it would be, it'd be sick. Oh, that's like, a good name, actually. No, so I would name all, all the food after former players or, like, um, That's a fucking idea. Like, the Beeman would just be fucking liver. <laughs> 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 liver and onions. Top seller. <laughs> what would your dish be? Fuck. What's... What's what? What do you what do you get corn the beef. F- corn beef? Corn beef. <laughs> just, just make a terrible corn beef sandwich and call it the max. I have a very interesting. I have a very very interesting diet. Remember, actually, no, I don't want to bring it up on the I podcast. Will. <laughs> he, so if he's eating soup, he'll finish. No, l- let me explain it. Let me explain. Can it. I say it first? No, because then you're gonna it say is? it. Fucking. No, then you're gonna make me smack. Like, okay, fine. So he'll fine, he'll fine. eat soup. He'll finish the noodles. Right. Then he'll take bland Cheerios, put it in the soup water, and eat it. Hear me you're out. You're a weirdo. See, hear he me said out. That. You're a <laughs> So first of all, it's <laughs> raw. It's ramen, like like beef raw, whatever, and it's like a crouton in a soup, and the flavors go to. It's like they're both savory flavor. It's not like I'm fucking. It's a Cheerio. Exactly, but it, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a savory like thing that absorbs like flavor. It's yeah. not crazy. That's not a crazy thing it's to do. Disgusting. No, it's not. That's. I think it's more disgusting to put ketchup on eggs, and I, I'll stand no, by that. No, 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 no. I'll stand by that shit. Ketchup, but that's very ketchup on eggs, hot sauce on eggs, it's fine. Also, I think the other thing I would do if I wasn't coaching, um, I think I'd want to be like an athletic director. Mm-hmm. Um, I think somewhere where I can not like give advice and mentor people is something I really enjoy doing. Um, so I think if basketball was taken away from me, like I would look to something – in that route, um, but hopefully basketball never gets taken from me. Going back to like the diet thing that we just touched on a little bit, did you? Because you were excessive calls of like getting in shape. Mm-hmm. How did that reflect in your diet? Did you have any change in your diet? Because you said you went on that like keto-ish diet when you were growing up, but like as a college player, like did you have any like specific dietary, not like restrictions, but just like things that you did to like? I think help it, keep I think I shape? think it was very. Oh, I was just more conscious of what I was eating, like 
obviously don't get me wrong, like there's still days where you go sit down and eat twenty chicken wings. Sure. Like it's like it's nothing. But like you're also burning so much during season you can eat a different way. But like I would try to like that was before like you guys have so much more knowledge and research and it's become much more on like what fuels your performance, right? Like uh, what you were doing well, until you found out like how much running we were doing in practice, right? You're like, I can't, I can't. And how much this. money that shit costs. And, and the money, like it's expensive, but I think I was just more cognizant of what I was eating, trying to drink as much as I water as drink as much water, let's preference that, as I as I can. Um and I think it was just more like let's watch what we're doing, especially because my body type isn't like everyone else's. Like I carry weight differently, so I gotta be more cognizant of what I'm actually doing. Um to it so for me but like i'm telling you like when i was obsessive compulsive like it was i was doing six days a week where i'd be running 30 miles in a week like i was doing that along with shooting stuff so like i was what was your mile time uh the quickest mile i ever ran um was probably 505 um yeah and i actually it was funny because like when i was training for this triathlon i did before i turned 30 like when you get out of it, like you're trying to find things, just like keep you motivated. Um, so I did it like before I turned 30. I'm I'm actually trying to probably looking to maybe do a half marathon or something like that. I'm kicking around the idea maybe in the fall just to get back in really good shape again. Um, like I'm not in terrible shape now, but I just don't do what I normally did. Um, but when I was doing that, I tie myself for a mile at 29. I just did it at Ursinus when I was running the track. I did it in like 5:13 or something like that. That's and that was, that was back then, like, I don't know, like, uh, running was I easy. used to run, like, so my friend Ryan Rudnick, who... Runs boring, though. Boring yeah. as fuck. Right? I used to, like, if I went running back home, I would dribble a basketball with me. Yeah, I would dribble, like, four miles, just keep going. But Ryan, so, we both went to a prep school the same year. Him going to, a, like, leaving his prep school at home and going to a prep school in the U.S. kind of sparked my thing, because I want, like, I, we have very similar goals, and he kind of set me up with the person that helped him find a place. And so he was committed to, he went to Governor's Academy in Boston, Okay. Before, we're still the coach. I've now, seen a film of him. He's really good. Yeah. He's like, he was either starting or the sixth man for University of Toronto this year as a freshman, which is a fucking extreme. Like, this year they were a very, very good program. Equate Toronto right? to, like, what? what, what is it's, that? It's kind of like, so. Like, what would they measure up in a Division One? Like, what Division One program? I think they're. Are they, like, you A-10? Think they would go dancing. No, no, no. Not are they, are they Carlton like a Mac, would go dancing. Are they, like, a Mac school? Yeah. Or are they, like, like, a tent? No, no, no. Yeah, they're, like, they would be a lower end. It's, like, lower. Some of them lower D1s, but they're very tough. Gotcha. Because you saw a film on my I think I reposted one of his saying you're, like, make him a Maverick. I'm like, shit, bro. I've fucking been trying. Because he actually was committed a lot later than He was committed a lot later than me. He's gonna be one of the first. He's gonna be one of the fucking first guests that we have on, one when we get home. Mm-hmm. But he, so he was committed a lot later than me because his coach, I mean, sh- apparently he knows what he's doing because he's the head coach at NMH now. But like, which is like Northfield on Hermon, which is like one of the best oh, prep schools I, oh, in the country. I, yeah, but insane. he just he, he just didn't think that Ryan was ready to go play Division One basketball yet. He he kept saying like, if you go play one year at JUCO, you can go to like you'll be got Michigan. But Ryan just was already did a fifth year. He's very young, so he's still 19 now. So he's young for his age. Very young, or yeah. Or grade, whatever. But he just, he didn't want to do that. And so he had, bro, he had like, we would talk all the time. He probably had like 25 Division One schools reach out to him. So like Vermont, he talked to uh, NJIT, just a ton of like big, like big schools. Yeah. But like mid, mid-major, like uh, Binghamton, like, like some very solid programs, but just I think you funneled them to your high school coach, and his high school said like they d- didn't think he was ready, and so eventually he just like fuck it, I'm gonna go and play in Toronto, play at home, and see what I can do. So he was committed later than me, but so we started. But before he committed to a prep school, when he committed, before I did, he 
was made aware, like we have a conditioning test, like you need to run a mile in six minutes or six minutes or 545, whatever it is, like right. the bigs. And he's six nine, so he had to run to rip the big time. But he's like, fuck, let's start fucking running miles. Like it could only help him. Like fucking bad. Like let's see what I can get. And we ended up running, I think I ran like a close to a five, I mean, 535, five, something like that, which is not bad at all. But like no. we're also running well, that's like in our at, neighborhood. That's like beaming at Delaware. Fuck, he, shit, he really wanted that Delaware. 10.30 and Kobe was like 10.29 or something yeah, like that. That just pissed me off, dude. I was drunk. What was your Delaware time? We were right here. My, the Delaware yeah. time when I ran, um, I think my senior year, so I ran it, I won it my freshman year, didn't win it my sophomore or junior, which pissed me off, and I think my senior year I did it in 10.10. 10. That was the goal. That was what in my head. I was like, if I can get 10-10, I'm fine with whatever. Yeah, I, I would have fucking started beaming. He broke my time. <laughs> I want to, I never, I was never, I never ran Delaware. I ran Delaware one time. The day before when we were just doing a practice run, because I was hurt. But I want, I, I'm interested to see what did, I get. Dude, you're like Girardi. Girardi ran it for the first time got it. this year. Never ran it the previous years because, oh, for sure. because the first year he wasn't, he didn't have his medical forms in. Shocker, I know. <laughs> his his second year, we didn't do it because of COVID. His third year, he had COVID. <laughs> and then this year, he finally ran it. And, and he, he did, fucking got it. He ran it one time ever. He, yeah, yeah, he's like 11 19 or something like that. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. I want to, I want to try, I want to try and. I feel like I could. I've I've been a pretty a good distance runner, like not distance runner, but like mediocre. Like because I feel like I keep the same pace. But I feel like I mean when I did that, she has a, for literally like one of the first times I ran. I ran it with my fucking knee brace on. Dude, I ran track in high school. I ran track. I ran as a fat kid. We talked. We I think we talked about that. And I was being recruited here because I was running track at the time. Yeah. And he was asking like, what events did you run again? First long was a fucking track demon apparently too at five four. <laughs> <laughs> he was javelin. <laughs> I, I did the eight hundred. Um, yeah, fuck that. No, it sucked, man. Because I was for whatever reason we had this kid Haken DeVries who was at our school. He's now the uh, track and field coach at Kentucky. Um, really? Yeah. No. He so he he won like states and cross country with like a broken bone in his foot. Like he was su- like he was almost sub four <laughs> mile time. That's like, he was insane. Crazy. So he went to Stanford on a full running scholarship. But I was in the same fucking heat as him and i swear to god like i'm just fat dumb and happy jiggling around the track as i'm going and this dude spritzed around the track once and i see him like shit i haven't even finished my first lap yet i my first ever race so i started off running the 400 my first ever race i was in the same heat as the state champion in 400 and i was beating him the first 300 meters Cause I fucking like yo, I'm about to fucking. I I didn't know. I just my first ever time running it. I have no. I don't know any pacing. I don't know any breathing techniques. I'm wearing my fucking KDs on this fucking <laughs> big ass track. I'm like I'm about to fucking run as fast as I can. If I burn out, I fucking burn out. Ended up fucking. I won the first 300 meters, and then the lap. I mean, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Ended up smoking me by like yeah. 10 seconds. <laughs> I ended up finishing running with not even bad. It was probably a 56, but he probably ran like a 40. Fucking forty-seven or some shit like that, right. but I was fucking beating his ass. So then I switched my event to the two hundred. So I'm like, shit, if I could keep that pace for, that'd be solid. Yeah. And I was end up being pretty decent at the two hundred. So I want to ask you about your hobbies outside of basketball. We can cut this. Trouble for Do you that. have it? So we'll cut that. But do you have any hobbies you want to talk about outside of? Um. So things that I mean, Beeman will find this, you know, alarming. But yes, I do have hobbies outside of basketball. <laughs> um. I do love playing golf. A lot. Like I'm a big golfer in the summer. I like doing that. I'm actually. Um, I feel like that goes hand in hand with retired athletes. It, it does, but it's like also golf's like really mentally challenging for sure. Because like sure. there's no one to bail you. And I think I fell in love with it when I went to the U.S. Open back in 2008 and was like following Tiger Woods around. Um, but like, there's no one else out there to bail you out. Like if you just suck, you suck. Mm-hmm. 
and to try and it's to get just that, you versus you and to try to get the yeah. fucking golf ball in four strokes or less down every time is just challenging. So I think I really like doing that. Um, I found a new thing this this past year. Like we had some logs down in the backyard, and my brother in law lives out in Indiana. Um, he bought me a wood splitter. So sometimes, you know, just to get, get out some frustration out, and just <laughs> split some wood. Chop wood. Yeah, no, like I, I, that, like, man, I love hanging out with my wife. I like, you know, my, obviously. The dog. Yeah, well, we've struggled to have, you know, kids, as you guys know. But, like, our dog, like, I love taking him to the park and doing Shout things. Shout out George. Just, yeah, George is, George is the best. But, like, I, I love doing those types of things. But also, like, you know, as I've gotten older, it's more like. I still like working out a lot. Like every morning, I have the routine. Like I'm very routine oriented. Like you go to elk, right? Elk every morning. What do you? What do you? How often? Like do you go every day? Like what uh, four days a week. So I go Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and generally I go down there about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Uh, my buddy, who's actually was a strength and conditioning coach at New Paltz, now works at a gym in LA, and he trains like he trains some movie actors and actresses and things along those nature, but he designs a program for me and I just go there and do that. So like, I'm pretty regimented in the workout. Cause I, I mean, it's just something I'm accustomed to doing and I don't want to stop doing it. Yeah. So I think with working out golf, hanging with Leanne, hanging out with George, um, seeing my closer friends. Cause I think time's just very precious, especially you kind of realize that when you get older and shit like that. But like, it's kind of my hobbies, man. Just now that we own a home, it's just doing shit around the house and try to make it, nice and appealing so i do have other hobbies outside of basketball although kind of like before you get into what you want to get to also yeah there is a hobby that you guys don't know about um it's a sport we created up about you know during the covid season it's called guinness we being the team no yeah you, like guys, you guys definitely don't um no, what's that like the alcohol no guinness not guinness you idiot <laughs> um it's g-e-n-n-i-s okay um it's basically you take tennis rackets and tennis balls but you have we bought like flowering pots and like flag sticks we made and it's basically you're playing golf with tennis racket and tennis ball and you can play it at any park you just put eight buckets around and it's like three rounds of eight buckets so myself the the head coach at st joe's um gabe who's my assistant here um who's also the best man of my wedding we we will leave and go play but we also have like a following of people that come play the sport with us you guys should like do it and check it out you'd have a it's kind of like you'd have a blast like it was it's a lot of fun. Like, we have tournaments sometimes in the summer, too. Me, when I went to Tampa with Mac, you know, spike ball? Yes. Played some spike ball on the beach. That was fucking... Just, like, those like type of games that's just, like, not, like... Just out of just, blue, random yeah. shit. Like, just, like, but, like, competitive, like, take movement, like, team. Oh, yeah. like, those are... Something awesome that games. doesn't seem like you're getting a ton of work in, but you're actually just doing no, shit. for sure. Like, I can't sit still. I think that's one of my biggest for sure. things that my, my wife would tell you that. She's like, you can't sit still, can't enjoy anything. So what I want to ask you, something I kind of just thought of, but like, I mean, I, I've obviously been thinking about it, but I feel like you're a good person to like be able to answer this question. So you, so you, when we've, we've had a bunch of conversations, especially recently, but it's just like, you're very similar to how I, like you as a player, how I am now just very obsessive compulsive about working out and getting in every day. And no matter what's going on, just like keep... Working out. So, but what's that? What's that feeling like? So, four years, and then you get hurt playing at the pro tryout, and then after that, like, you kind of like decide to hang it up, and then it's like, fuck. Like, I, I'm dreading the day where I'm not playing basketball anymore, and I wake up the next morning, I'm like, like I don't, I don't need to go and get up shots and lift today. Like, what, what the, like, what's that? Like, just it's, it's weird. Um, what's that feeling like? I think it was really weird that first year I was out and then like October 15th came around no it wasn't yeah going to practice or meeting up with the guys and like watching the first game here but I think what eased me off it was still getting into coaching yeah so I still had like my fix of basketball um it's just from a different side like it's very it is very weird 
So I played like semi-pro right after my senior year. I played it um, this local Buffalo with this Buffalo team, and we played this team from Oklahoma City. And I was like, this shit's not, not really for me because it's more ISO one-on-one stuff, and that's just not me. I'm more of a system guy. Um, and then the overseas thing didn't work out, so like that's where I wanted to. Coaching was like the next only thing to supplement yeah. my obsession. Like, I couldn't even. You're doing it in different. You do things in different ways, and like, now you're just like. When I was young, I was still training guys, so I was still getting workouts in. It was just I didn't have to go make 400 shots. Yeah, it's just like like after the season when we were banned from the gym for like three weeks. Like I'm still lifting, but like, Tim. and I, but it's still, <laughs> but it's it's like I'm like, okay. Well, in three weeks, it's just as temporary. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. even imagine like when I hang whatever whenever fucking you know why life takes me. What's that? You know why? You know why you, got, you guys weren't in the gym? It was, I, I it think was it's just like a break, break. from basketball. So yeah. yeah. Until we can just... It's chill. Mm-hmm. Like, and plus, you're, you've been going at it since September or late August, whenever you guys yeah. got here. So it's like, man, you also got to be college kids. Mm-hmm. You got to have some fun. You need to learn to have some fun. He does. He can't. Uh, Maybe get a new hairstyle because you do look like <laughs> The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, what that, what that feeling of, like, emptiness is, would be like. Just like you're, I, you're gonna be like a. I can really see you best. like. No, nah, you're in basketball. You're gonna be like playing tennis or some shit, dude. <laughs> I, I told my parents this. Like when I get older, like I'm gonna have to make enough money to be able to put a basketball court in my basement because there's no way I'm gonna be able to go to work without shooting, get, waking up at seven thirty and getting five hundred shots up in the morning. Like I'm gonna have to have my own shooting. Hobbies machine. and interests will change for you. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose this lifestyle. It chose me. <laughs> sure did. But like, I'm gonna have to like. It wasn't guarding. It was shooting. Exactly. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be doing slides when I'm 35. No. <laughs> I'm gonna have. But I'm gonna have to have some sort of like go in the. I'm, there's no way you I'm gonna be able to go to bed you, at you night. You need an outlet. I'm not gonna be able to go to bed at night without have, yeah. of having to fucking. And it can't be video games either. Should I be tearing up the fucking game though at, at night? I'd definitely be tearing up 2K. But you'd get, be okay with the fact like the day that it comes where your son is better than you at basketball and you just can't compete, dude. Oh. I am gonna beat this shit out of that kid but on the court every single it's day. Be like, it's gonna be like grown ups. <laughs> bro, honestly, if I if I if I have a kid that like was better than I ever was, that means that like that's I think that's the whole goal. Mm-hmm. Like but egotistically, it's gonna it, it's gonna hurt you a little bit. Yes and no. Like I feel like if he's better Dude, than me, he's gonna play college gonna basketball be somewhere. So butthurt when your kid beats you. <laughs> if, but if my kid, I mean, unless they're like dudes. Like, ho- hopefully, dudes. I fucking give birth to a dude, and then he fucking goes and plays college basketball. You're, you're gonna give birth. My fucking wife gives birth. <laughs> my wife gives birth. Hopefully, my fucking my seed produces a fucking dude. Hopefully, my seed produces a fucking dude. I kind of want to get more into the mind of, in the college basketball aspect of things. So, yeah. what is something that you look for, or a couple key things that you look for when you're recruiting a player, like some skills, attributes, characteristics? So, I think the first thing I try to do is always look at body language. Um, how a kid interacts with their coach, uh, their teammates, the official. Uh, if shit doesn't go their way, they're like a palms up guy where they're complaining. I think that's a big thing. Um, also, sometimes you try to look uh, in the stands to see what their parents are like too, to see if they're going to create a headache, right? Um, luckily, we don't have any of those in our program, right? Like, we're pretty lucky. Um, but then it comes down to like now, so it depends what where you're at conference-wise. Like, the AMCC, we recruited differently than how I'm going to have to recruit for the Empire 8. Like, obviously, we saw it this year you need bigger, stronger, longer players to be really successful. AMCC, like, we can get away playing a bit smaller and get away with it and be fine. Like, we're really athletic. Um, but now it's like you want to 
find kids that fit the system you run. So for us, like you got to be have a better, higher basketball IQ, passing abilities important. Um, obviously, as you guys know, shooting like we need to address that part this year. Um, but I think those traits of like in general, like you also can tell a lot about a basketball player by their hands. Like, do they have really good hands? Do they catch passes? Are they delivering passes on point? Shooting wise, like a lot of it, you can tell by hands. And I think those are crucial when we go out evaluating. Like when I was out in Pittsburgh this weekend, it was you're you're looking for kids, and do they would they just fit? Like in the first thing we, I always tell Coach Long is like if they're not a good kid or they're just not a good teammate or they have bad bylines, like let's stop it right there, right? And then let's evaluate the basketball things that we deem necessary, like what I talked about with hands, passing, um, shooting. I, I think those are all important components, especially where the game's changed now. Like, if you can't shoot, it's fucking hard to win. It's also hard to play. Like, Coach Long would come in the office, he goes, we got to be the only small ball team that tries to score in the paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. But that also, like, shit happens. Like, I don't think we had a great shooting year. I, I think we have good shooters, but, like, also – we're a young team. We have some old kids, but we, we're a very young team. And when you're playing teams that have graduate students and seniors starting, and we're starting basically four sophomores and Colby, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where the fuck he is. Yeah, but that, that's that's different, yeah. right? Um, but when like you're just recruiting kids, you look off that. And some coaches go like my my old boss at Ursanis, He was big on measurables. Like I couldn't recruit wings. That were under six four. Like they had to be. He's like, find kids that are between six four and six seven. I was like, coach, playing this. This kid's playing the fucking Patriot League, right? In the Ivy League. Um, but those are the kids we were getting at our sign. It's like my my philosophy is like generally, if you're good enough, you're tall enough to a certain degree, right? Like I'll take Dante Wolcott, Quan, Demo. I'll take these guys against anybody because I I think they have heart and they're tough and they they they've been playing with it their whole life, right? Now can we get the other kids? Maybe uh, you know Oscar's really developed. James, I've been wildly impressed with just how much better he's gotten from when he first stepped on campus to now. Like, it's night and day. For sure. And you have these pieces, other pieces that come along, like, it matters. Like, Ken Zamir turned into something. Joe Veal's a, a good athlete who's long, but, like, can he take basketball serious enough? Mm. Like, those are questions you ask. Um, but the hard part is, like, I've just it has to be a fit for me. Like, that's why I think it's important when you guys come on campus and getting to know you. Sure. Even, like, I didn't really get to know you much until you got on here, but, like, I remember every day coming into the gym, um, whether I was going to be working out at Elk, you were generally in the gym at 6.30, 6.15 in the morning shooting every day. So I'm like, okay, like, that's on the right trajectory, right? And, like, those are the kids you want, and that's what you have to learn from. And, like, that's why sometimes I get on you guys about work habits and work ethic and I tell you guys a lot, like, you got to love this shit in Division Three. You can't just like it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's, a, there's a time commitment, and, like, I can't force you to be here, here, and here. Especially now in, in offseason. Like, now. you got you guys got to want to do all the work and get better. So I think that's the biggest component is, like, you got to tr- kind of project what kids are going to do in four years or, like, what's their growth. Like, Ryan Merce's growth from his freshman year to this year was insane. Oscar's growth was insane. Like, I'm expecting jumps from you. James, like all the, like I'm expecting jumps because if you don't really get better from your freshman to sophomore year, are you going to get better from your sophomore to junior? Because you, yeah. you didn't show that you're going to do it. All of a sudden, there's not going to be like a, a fucking light bulb moment, right? Yeah. So I think that's like the biggest thing to try to decipher when you're kind of recruiting mm-hmm. kids to play for us. For sure. 
So one thing that we asked Coach Long, and I think we want to ask a similar question, but I feel like you're going to give a little bit more of a different perspective on, not a different perspective, but just like different, more entertaining version of it. It's just, I want to hear a story from you that you have from me and Chris, like this from this past season for the for the audience. What did, what did Coach Long say? He said that we we were running a play for me, and I came down and I scored, and he was like, "Yes, go get it." And then they were in the same play, and I ripped by, and I laid it up again. And he's like, "Yes, like this kid can play at this level." And you, it, it was just like seeing me like work out every day, and just like saying like, "Yeah, challenge like, Bryce and like challenge Bryce like, and shooting him, stuff like, like that." Do what Bryce did in his first like yeah. So like you're yeah, like, my stories are way different. Yeah, I want to yeah, hear yeah, like I expect, I, I, expect I, like I, I can go. My, one of my. And we don't need to talk about how I forgot which team I was on because that's already been no, on the like, podcast. Yeah, I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, we're not going to go to the point that you didn't know what we're doing in a drill and you're on offense when you're on defense and you're wide open. Well, I mean, screaming not, knowing, ball. not knowing what I'm doing in a drill and it's happened way more times than I thought I was on offense. No, like the funniest, I'll, I'll give you the funniest side. Like, Chris's shit was wild to me. Like, Yo, when he does the the little wiggly figures thing <laughs> like this to me, I'm like oh, beaming. Like I'll call him out in practice, and he's sitting there like, <laughs> one of those. I'm like, what's wrong with this kid? <laughs> like, what is he doing? Um, but also, like when you would come back, we came back. For, uh, I set you down. I don't know I, how early was it in the season. Oh, probably November. Sometime in November, so maybe a couple weeks in. Yeah, something and like that. you were just struggling off the get go. Whether it was confidence or me yelling at you or all you guys and like maybe I was I look back on it now it's probably like I should have gave you guys a little more time to get acclimated instead of jumping you guys right away I think my patience level um the patience level I have and also the I put a pressure on myself being that I played here like I want to have the program at a high standard Mm -hmm. um but my patience level like I didn't do a good enough job with the incoming class this year like I did with the other class like yeah I would still yell at Quan for doing some crazy pass just like I'd yell at Mac but like I got on them so early, but it's also like each kid's different and learn differently. But I remember you came in the office and I, I looked you dead in the eye. I was like, Chris, if you don't fucking start playing better, you're going to become the videographer of Madai basketball. <laughs> and literally, you know, he starts playing better and he becomes a videographer. My choice, though. This is the crazy part. So he goes back out the next two or three practices and like, Way different. You were way different, like in the way you were competing and doing things. And I remember texting you. I said, "Yo, Chris, like, great job. You're doing a lot better." And I remember you texting me back saying, "Yeah, coach, I didn't really want to become a videographer for this stuff like that in the season." Little do you know, he wanted to be that guy for the whole time. And now he's now he's that guy. Um, but but that moment, and then also when we got back from Christmas break, you just you had an insane practice where you just cooking whoever and like in the fucking one-on-one dude zone, fucking- I, I always fucking yeah you fucking pointing up and shit like that like, i always laugh when like man the guys would go so crazy for you when you do something i'm like he's not like he's not he's not a manager doing this <laughs> <laughs> like you would do shit and it would just you would make me laugh so much but your perspective on things like when we met after the season and you're like yeah coach i, I just like it i don't love it i want to pursue the podcast and i want to keep doing the weightlifting things but also hearing you talk about our season like you understand things so well and like you have a really good perspective about you um and you're very mature about how you go about things so like seeing that side i was like man chris is just a really good dude and that's why like the the videographer thing but like you're also really good and gifted with the podcast but doing graphics and things of those nature so like you're gonna be a huge asset to us next year too and like i still want you around i know the guys still want you around you're you're a different cat so (laughs) the funniest fucking thing ever 
and it hasn't been brought up on the podcast because I listen to every damn episode. The funniest thing you've ever done is when you were injured and we're doing free throw shooting. Oh, my. <laughs> Dude, a free throw shooting. The guys just ran like down, back, down, back, down, back, down, back, down, back. And I'm calling guys like, I, we just keep missing. So I'm like, all right, Max, come out here. <laughs> like, and Dude, then, I Because in my head, I'm like, this kid fucking in here every day. He's shooting 95% from the field. Dude, I'm I like, could fucking shoot free throws. Dude, it was, like, but I was like, this is automatic. Like, it's going to get the guys out of running, right? So fuck me, because I was wrong. You come up there confident as all hell, like one dribble, two dribble. You go to release the ball. And the thing, for those that's not familiar, there's a fucking charge arc in front of the fucking basket, and it hits the charge arc in the air. And I'll never forget Travis Sanders' fucking face when you did that. <laughs> Dude, it was cold in the gym. I didn't take a shot yet. I was doing. Sorry, guys, some technical difficulties. We've been fucking pumping out content for you guys, and so you know, storage so is limited. That air ball free. Wait, be legendary. Fi- fix. I feel like it's crooked a little bit. Yeah, perfect. Okay. So yeah, I airballed a free throw. Uh, it was cold in the gym. I haven't taken a shot all day, and fucking my shirt was tight, and yeah. Your shirt was tight. Sure. Bro, I had no range of motion, bro. I had no range of motion, bro. Or muscle. Exactly. <laughs> So, I'm trying to think where we go from here. You got something? I yeah. Um, I was going to say, if you had to pick one attribute and or skill for a player to have that you were picking up, what would it be? One. Just one. From anybody not let or... Like, like, you saw a kid on the court and, like, or any, you just take this imaginary player and he had, he only have one skill or attribute, like, the most important skill or attribute that you're going to take above all else, what would it be? Shooting. That's it? Oh, I think Hell shooting... yeah. I think shooting masks... Like, obviously, it's not just shooting, right? But, like, you can't be shooting, like, when you're Bryce because he's slow as shit. Mm-hmm. Max can't guard Yet. that fucking water Yet. bottle. Yet. 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 But, <laughs> keyword. I think shooting, though, because now, like, look at how the game's played. Mm-hmm. Like, everything, if you can make threes, it masks other deficiencies. Yeah. Like, I remember last year, or two years ago, I guess now, when we were playing at Altoona, we ended up winning by a point. We got rebounded by a, a lot, right? Just beat on the boards, but we hit 18 threes. Eight. We were 18 for 30. Quantity. What was the most threes we hit this year? Three? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was I think it was like eight or nine, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it was like eight or nine. Maybe we made in the game. But like we hit 18, and that game was nuts because we came back and Quan hit a three at the buzzer yeah, pretty much. To, it was nuts. Like, So I think when you watch something like that, and you're, or even like Marietta, when we played in the tournament, they they were really good, but we we made 14 threes in the NCAA tournament. So, like, when you make threes and you're maybe giving up height and all these – like, if we shot the ball really well against Alfred, like, people have this misconception of the playoff game. Like, we lost by 20 or 25, whatever it was, but if I told you that we held Alfred at 38% from the floor, 20 – they were 9 for 39 from three, so 23% from three, and then we were 4 for 7 from the free throw line, you'd be like, that's pretty fucking good. The only problem is – we were anemic, and we gave up. We gave up 545 we, we, offensive rebounds. But, but my point is, like, if we shoot the ball well, you can negate for some sure, of those sure, some of sure, those deficiencies. Sure. So I think if you can get really good shooters, you can make a run. Like I think that's that's so important. Obviously, that's not the only thing. But like, if I had to do it, like shooting would be the number one thing going forward. Uh, just with the way the game's played. Obviously, if the game changes, you you change that answer up. So maybe maybe one day it's size again. So I think that's something I look for. Um, so what is like something and like going back to like a specific thing for me and Chris, what is like the something that you think we could like improve on maybe on the court, maybe in life from, from getting to know us this past year 
and like just seeing the way we've improved and seeing like what could help us take us to the next level maybe as basketball or me I guess me as a basketball player and as a human being Chris <laughs> as a human being and whatever the fuck well Chris, Chris, is Chris, Chris is biggest like your biggest thing is basically like being more outgoing for sure I think you're so go up to some women no I I think sometimes you're just so reserved mm-hmm. and I remember even Colby saying it one day like what do I have to do to get like the most out of you type mm-hmm. thing but like you need to apply that just in life is like you've found found something you're passionate about now so like obviously you're diving in head head over heels for which is good and, like you found a passion but like well, it was back to him. Back to him. Then back to you. Like, he's, he's more outgoing and, like, speak what's on his mind. You need to not be so goddamn defensive. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but that's okay. Like, it's something you, when you're young, like, you just get defensive. Like, I, we, all, we all are about certain things. Um, and obviously basketball, we, we know what you need to work on. We know. Literally the funniest thing you ever fucking said. We were at oh, Utica. Yeah. We were at Utica, and I was like, imagine, imagine you have to go guard one of those one of those guys out there, he goes, Coach, I can guard one of the Fisher JV kids out there. <laughs> Shit, I have, I have five threes, though. <laughs> but then, no, next, that's definitely, like, bro, I'm going to be fucking spamming defensive slides with the rubber band and fucking, I'm going to come in, maybe, able to make an elite guard make one move to be me instead of walking by, or two moves instead walking, of walking by. taking a free basket. He just backpedals, man, so, like, if Dante or someone runs at him, he just, like, he, by the time he realizes he can wall up, he's already under the rim, yeah. and it's over. We, I've been, I mean, I've been working on it. I've only, like, what, like, been doing it for, like, a few days, but it's definitely, like, over, we have, I have four months, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend the necessary time, obviously, now that I've definitely identified. Honestly, like, getting my ass busted that one open gym was probably the best thing that happened to me, because, and, like, not, like, I couldn't hit a shot, and then, that was probably, because, before, it's like, oh, yeah, well, haha, like, Max and guard, but, like, yeah, I hit fucking nine threes. I'm nine for 11 today. Like, <laughs> I've hit four game winners. Like, so it doesn't really, but then that one day I was like, I, I mean, I don't really, you know, I didn't get a lot of shots, and I which wasn't hitting when I got them. And like, well, then, and I'm getting fucking put in a pick and roll every single time, head fucking headhunted. And then, I, like, that really, like, Next year we're going to call it Finding Nemo, who was the shittiest <laughs> Glar- guy out there. <laughs> Glarify the fo- my weakness. And then, I mean, I, like, I obviously it was uncomfortable, like, something I definitely needed, because, like, I mean, no matter how fucking well I shoot the ball, if I hit two, th- I hit, I'm two for two from three, but I give up eight layup, four layups, and eight I'm negative. You're definitely I'm, not going to be the game that long. <laughs> I'm, neg- I'm at negative two fucking, what do you call it? So, but yeah. So what were you? I was going to say, because we we're having some technical difficulties, because there's a lot more I want to get into, but. So do I. Uh, kicking me off early. It's, it's the phone. We, it we definitely could. Um, I was going to say, what do you think the biggest mistake young aspiring college basketball players are making? So either kids in middle school, high school, whatever, what do you think the biggest mistake they make when trying to make college basketball is? Um, I, I honestly think the biggest mistake is specializing in just one sport. Mm. I think you see a lot of kids get burned out by the time they're in 11th and they're getting recruited 11th grade, 10th grade. Like Parents have kids doing these absurd amount of tournaments in a short span of time. So kids aren't being kids ever, right? Like eventually at some point you're going to get burnt out from doing this if you're, you know, you're going all the time because you go in the, in, the, in the fall, you're doing high school workouts, you have your senior season or whatever high school season, you get out of your straight into AAU. And then in the summer you're doing a summer league. So like when are you ever having time to do anything for yourself? And I think the biggest thing is like you got to be a, like you got to love it, but you also got to like give it some boundaries too, where he's like, you shouldn't just be basketball, basketball, basketball. Like, do other sports, do some cross training that that help you stay engaged. Because if you just keep doing it, and a lot of times you see parents push kids into certain things, 
Maybe they're living out their own dream. But, like, that's not helping the kids. Because I've seen so many kids get burned out. Like one of my one of my best friends, he went to play soccer at St. Bonaventure. He was burnt out by the time he got there just from doing too much soccer stuff. So I think, like, like it, but find other avenues that you can kind of dive into and, and not be so consumed. So I think work at it, but also find other sports. We talk about we talk about how it's important to have like another passion as well. Just because yeah. like basketball is like it, like the premise of the sport is like if you're really fucking good, you'll make you'll miss half your shots. If you're really fucking good, Isn't that crazy. So like you can't base your happy and that's something that I've had to do a lot of learning about. Is like you can't base your happiness on like just the sport because there's going to be naturally ups and downs just the way the sport works. So you have to have other stuff that's help keep to help you get through those bad days. Yeah, for sure. I, I, like also a piece of advice for like young kids out there too is like um, the pain of regret is far heavier than the price of discipline, right? So if you're – we always look back and we have regrets. Like I could have done this more, this more, this more. Instead of just being disciplined about your like process and your approach to doing things. So even though I want kids to go out and branch different things, but like be disciplined about your work doing. Like I would turn down – going out on Friday nights if I was working Monday through Friday because I didn't get my work in Friday night. Like, or taking care of your body more, whether it's stretching, hydrating, things along those lines. Like, being disciplined, like, you only get so many years to play this game, whether it's in team setting. So take advantage of it and be disciplined about what you're doing and don't have regrets because we have way too many. Everyone has regrets about their time playing or not doing certain things throughout the year. I'm sure both of you guys do at some point, but like yours might've been like, why the fuck did I stay with it? <laughs> but, but those, those are things that like stack up. And I just think that's, that's important for young kids is like be disciplined early on and don't do it for TikTok, Instagram, like block out the white noise of what people are telling you and just focus. Cause people are going to find you like, like myself. Like I wasn't recruited. I found my way and, I got my foot in the door, and I was lucky enough to play with some really good cats. That you know, we had good careers here. Do you have any of like what's like something that you have like a regret from your playing career or anything like that that you wish that I have two. I think listening early on about getting in the weight room, just from a physicality standpoint, but also when I got to the point of being a junior senior um, leadership wise, I think I struggled if kids didn't want to get in the gym as much as I did, and instead of me dragging them to the gym, I'd be like fuck it, like I'm doing it on my own, like I'm going to be a lone wolf, I'm going to go do what I do in the morning instead of dragging more people with me. And sometimes I would alienate those people because I didn't think they were on the same level or wavelength as me. Mm-hmm. So it, was, it wasn't the guys I played with, it was more the younger kids. So I think I could have done a better job of leading them at that time. Um, are probably some of the things I, I regret now. Obviously, it's fucking a long time ago now. So, But those, I think, are things that I regret. I think that's all I got. If you have one more thing. I do have one more thing, actually. Um, sure. I was going to say, do you have any, or I'll say one, one life lesson that you learned in basketball that also parallels into your just normal life? Yeah. Um, one thing from basketball. I would probably say, you know, coach would always talk about embracing the grind. Um, and the grind is what you make of it. Sometimes it's an overused word. But anything, like, worth doing is kind of worth overdoing. And if you're going to do something, like, embrace it. Like, embrace 6 a.m. practices. Embrace, for me now, going home and watching those hours of film after we just got done with practice. Embrace having the uncomfortable conversations, which suck. Like, I hate having uncomfortable—you guys might think I enjoy it. Like, I hate having uncomfortable conversations with you guys because I genuinely care about all of you. So, like, I think 
just embracing all the things that go with coaching and embracing everything that goes on in life and situations that have come in my own life with, you know, not being able to have kids right now or struggling to have uh, start a family. I think when the more you embrace those things, it creates a more a better outlook, like, you know, having an optimistic outlook as opposed to being pessimistic about things. And people in this world are so negative all the time that I think it can be easy to get caught up into that. So I think just embracing everything that kind of comes at you and you kind of learn through life and there's no other way than getting in the fire. Like I told you guys, mm-hmm. when some of you guys went getting the practice drills, I'm like, you guys are going to screw up. I'm just like embracing, okay. get in there. Like there's sure. no way you learn. So sure. I think that'd be it. Mm-hmm. I think that's all we got for today. Piece of advice. Or Fine. No? Piece of advice. Yeah, the one piece of advice we give to his younger self. Fuck yeah! What's one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self or younger hoopers that want to play college basketball? Like, just one piece of advice about the game, about life, about how don't, to don't eat Twinkies level. when you're younger because it's gonna set you back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think the advice piece is literally just if if you want it, work for it, but don't you don't need to you know flaunt everything you're doing. Just kind of work in silence and. Be genuine about the connections you make and don't turn down any opportunity, whether it's a camp, a clinic, because you never know literally who's watching. Mm-hmm. Right? Like sure. you, go, you go back to like John Morant, who's just in the back of a gym shooting around and now he gets a job at Murray State. And now he's NBA you know, also, yeah. a top 10 player in the NBA. So like you just can never turn down opportunities that come your way in whatever it is. Awesome. Right. That's all we got for today. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. That was fun. Mm-hmm.